Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Wendy Myers. Welcome to the Myers Detox podcast. And today I've got a great guest for you, Matt Maruka, and he's going to be talking about how to go on a light diet for optimum human health. And I think this is such a good show because, you know, regulating your light and your input of light is one of the easiest things that you can do to improve your heart rate variability, to improve your sleep, and to and enjoy all the benefits of doing that as well. Because so many of us all day long are looking at our phones, looking at our iPads, looking at our computers, and have a diet of junk artificial light in the light bulbs and the lighting we're around uh, all day long at work and school. And it's playing havoc on our health in many different ways. So we discuss all those different ways that light is caught, artificial light is causing an issue uh, in retinal damage, in reduction of melatonin production, in reduction of sleep quality, which leads to so many different other health issues. So all that and more on today's show. Really, really interesting conversation. We go well beyond light. We go into how we're light beings, how you know the frequencies of light, and uh, all the different ways that you can protect yourself, including blue light blocking glasses and some of some nuances that we haven't discussed before on the show relating to blue light blocking glasses. So tune in this very, very important show with Matt Maruka of rawoptics.com. And you guys listening to this podcast, I know you're really concerned with your body burden of toxins. That's one of the main reasons you're listening to this show. So I developed a quiz at heavymetalsquiz.com. takes a couple of minutes to take and you get your, your relative body burden of toxins. You get the, your result showing these things after you take the quiz. And then you get a free video series that answers all of your frequently asked questions about detoxification and heavy metals and how to assess them and get rid of them. So go take it at heavymetalsquiz.com. On the show today, we have Matt Maruka, and he's the founder and CEO of Raw Optics, raoptics.com. It's a company that teaches about the essential role that light plays in health and develops advanced light therapy-based products. He founded Raw Optics after a decade-long personal health journey that ultimately led him to light. And the discovery that we're ultimately beings of light has led him to a profound interest in the nature of consciousness and existence itself. So Matt spends his time teaching traveling, working with top executives and celebrities, and building the future of lighting for the world. Matt enjoys singing, reading, running and surfing, and especially traveling and exploring. And you can learn more about Matt and his work at rawoptics.com. Matt, thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you so much for having me, Wendy. It's great to connect. Yes. Yeah. So talk to us about why light is so important and what got you into and, and so passionate about this field. Wow. Well, there's a lot there, but that's a good start. Uh, I would say that light is so important for a number of reasons, but primarily because based on our understanding of, of the universe and yeah, the the most advanced understanding of the universe, uh, according to modern science, hold that light is one of the foundational building blocks of everything. So if we look at the universe, we have basically vibrational energy or so, yeah, vibrational energy is the best way to put it for the listener. We have light, uh, which is a derivation of the electromagnetic force. So there's four fundamental forces, weak force, strong force, electromagnetic force, and gravitational force, also known as fundamental interactions is a term they've used more and more. And light is one of the main let's say, results of one of those forces, which is the electromagnetic force. And it is one of the primary forms of energy transfer in the universe. So like, as, as we look at, if we look at the universe from the perspective of just a modern scientist, like you have matter and you have energy, and then they have other theories about things that we're not sure about, like dark matter and antimatter, in other words, uh, that kind of thing. But that's all up in the air, right? Nobody's really sure about that, that I'm aware of in, in the scientific community. But so going with light and matter or energy and matter, light is kind of, <laughs> how do I say, a majority of everything that exists. And even Einstein, who, you know, received the Nobel Prize and is uh, known as one of the best or most famous important scientists of all history, one of his critical achievements was the finding that all matter, so the things we consider material and solid, 
actually can be reduced down to energy. So it's actually mass energy equivalence. And when that mass is turned back into energy, it's it's typically in the form of light. So light is sort of the building block of, of what we know in our world. And it also happens to be, to take it a step further, the thing that interacts with matter. So in addition to making up matter at a deeper level, light by itself can interact with matter that's already existing and bring it to life and give it energy. And chemistry, all chemistry, all chemical interactions occur with uh, interactions related to light. So when two chemicals bond together, they release or absorb light depending on the type of interaction. Uh, and when electrons in an atom change their energy state, they either absorb light or photons to increase their energy state or re-emit photons. So light's the foundation of basically everything in the universe, including life. And the way I got interested into it was because I had some health issues as a kid and I started searching as you would, you know, my mom tried to go take me to different doctors and things when I was like, you know, under 10 years old and around 10 years old. And by the time I was 13, I was getting really bad breakouts of acne all over my skin. I was like, okay, this is not something I want. Like I, you know, I'm in high school at the time and I was worried about my appearance. And so I started researching about that. I learned about diets and the role that diets could play for health. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. We can change our genetic expression. Epigenetics was the buzzword, the thing I learned about. And it was 2013, 2014. And I was fascinated reading about this as a high school student. And I thought, man, this is important. And I took the bait that all these paleo dieters were talking about, which is that I have to be, uh, the, the way I can change this is through my diet. And that's basically the only real significant way. They're kind of saying oh, everything else is small, 20% maybe, 80% is just your food and nutrition. And I bought that and I went with it. And when I was struggling still, I thought there must be more. And then I learned about this research showing that we are essentially beings of light, beings of energy, electromagnetic beings. And I thought, this is interesting are you telling me that basically if if my diet is perfect, but my mm, light diet, as I now call it, is suboptimal, that means my mitochondria, my cellular engines that process my food are going to be not functioning well? And as I read more and more, I realized that's exactly what the research is saying. If If we have a perfect food diet, but our light diet, so to speak, our circadian rhythm is disrupted because of blue light at night, our cellular engines can't work at their highest level. And I thought, wow, there's a whole new level, a layer to health that I had never even considered. And then think one thing leads to the next and you realize how deep it goes and how you can use you know, blue light protection, which is what I started a company doing, making blue light protection glasses to protect your circadian rhythm. You can use red light therapy to enhance your mitochondrial function. You can use color therapy or chromotherapy to improve different functions, which is something we're working on products for as well. Uh, and then you can meditate and cultivate your inner light. I thought, whoa, this goes way deeper than I expected. So that's really why it's significant and how I got into it. Yeah, I, 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 you know, totally that resonates with me as well, because, you know, when you start looking at this other layer that our mitochondria take all these cues from our environment and it sets our circadian rhythm and the mitochondria, you know, absorbing biophotons from the sun and all these things, this, this is nutrition uh, that we absolutely need. And, you know, and with our body taking cues from the outside light, all of this uh, artificial light and blue lights and the phones and the screens, the computers and the TVs and all these things that we're exposing ourselves to, people just don't realize how much that is screwing up our health and our circadian rhythms. Can you discuss that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Well, the basic idea is that all living organisms contain a clock, which is responsible for coordinating and I should say, yeah, coordinating would be the best word. Synchronizing is an even better word. Our internal functions, so synchronizing our internal functions with the external environment. Why? Well, because if you're a living organism, which is sort of, let's say, a physiochemical interaction of matter and light and water and energy on the surface of, of Earth, and you know it's spinning every day, and so for a portion of every, what we call a day, a day is one rotation of the earth around its own axis. And hence the absence and presence of sunlight is the most, it's the most significant change in a day. 
So if that same change is happening every single day, in one part of the day, you're in, you're exposed to some very strong electromagnetic energy, which could even be toxic depending on the chemical or the organism. And then another part of the day, you're not exposed to that energy. And typically the temperature gets a lot colder. So the thermal energy in the air gets a lot colder, a lot, a lot lower when we're, when the earth is in its own shadow or what we call night. Uh, and there's still enough heat for us to survive. We don't just freeze because there's uh, all the objects have absorbed energy from the sun and they're re-emitting it through the night, like the earth itself and rocks and, and, and buildings and everything's reabsorbing some infrared light. So it doesn't get like the surface of Mars in a second, you know, the dark side of Mars, but it still gets a bit colder as everyone who has, you know, been outside at night has experienced, especially if it's cold winter, it gets even colder at night. Right. And so it would be really useful for that organism trying to survive and grow and evolve and thrive to have some way of being able to account for this really predictable cycle. So what did life do? Well, we integrated clocks into all of our cells and every uh, gene, every protein that's coded for in the body, the genes always start with clock genes. That's one of the things they have discovered. It's fascinating. So clocks, circadian rhythms are everywhere you look. So our bodies have this clock. And when we're exposed to your question, exposed to artificial light at night, for example, it throws off our body's clock. So artificial light at night basically tells the brain that it is time to wake up when it's actually time that we should start preparing for rest and regeneration, according to this circadian rhythm that living organisms have. Some organisms are nocturnal. So for them to survive, it's important to wake up in the evening. Maybe they're a hunter, a predator animal, and they should be awake at night so that they can hunt down the deer who are sleeping or something like like this or maybe it's their time to go out and forage for you know mice like an owl um when the mice are awake at night and or you know it's their time to go out and eat the vegetables that are growing when their predators are not awake so everyone has different rhythms every organism has different rhythms for different reasons but we have them humans have them we're diurnal which means we're not nocturnal we're awake during the day we start to throw off that circadian rhythm with exposure to blue light at night and it's pretty detrimental to our physiology in a number of ways, but the most important of which is that our brain doesn't have the signal anymore, the darkness, to start releasing melatonin. And melatonin is the body's most important antioxidant, anti-aging, anti-cancer, detox in some way molecule uh, to improve the function of our mitochondria and our cells. And if we disrupt that stimulus of our body's, let's say, free master healing molecule, then we're going to affect our health in a number of ways across all systems. And, and it becomes a big issue. And then even during the day, so that's one risk of blue light, especially at night, because the blue wavelengths are what the scientists have discovered signal our circadian rhythm through our eye. Now, during the day, excess amounts of blue light from different devices uncoupled, so separate from near-infrared light, which is always present in the sun, but not present in the modern LEDs and screen devices and serves as a protective and healing wavelength of light for our for our eyes for our retina for our skin when we take out the infrared from our light bulbs and we just have blue light hence the term uncoupled they're no longer always together blue light without the infrared the near infrared becomes pretty disruptive and detrimental to our cellular physiology and metabolism and the mitochondria of our retina of our skin cells and so on so the blue light can have all sorts of negative effects like aging our skin but also damaging our retina, which is a really a big issue for a number of, of reasons, both for our vision, but also for our, our overall health and wellness. And so the two main things we work on with blue light protection eyewear is one, melatonin protection in the evening from blue light at night. And that's why our nighttime sunset lenses that we make uh, have these darker reddish lenses. They're very, very strong. And then during the day, the lenses block blue light to protect from retinal damage, but they don't block all of quite as much of the blue and the green because we don't need full protection. Uh, they still block more or less 90 to 95%, depending on the light source you're using to test. So anyway, I typically don't even start talking about my own glasses, but it's relevant to the question you asked. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is my biggest concern is the, the potential for retina damage by staring at computers, by staring at our phones. I mean, people were doing it all day long. I mean, all yeah, day long, not to mention the, the light sources that we're under, you know, at work or school or, or what have you. And, and the, the implications for uh, children growing up today, just staring at the screens all day long, 
You know, from the minute they yeah. wake up to the minute they go to bed, there are a lot of people in the future are going to have, uh, you know, cellular, you know, macular degeneration and rectal yeah. damage. It's already bad enough. It's already really bad. So, and they blame the sun, but that's misguided. Uh, there's for a number of reasons. It's not to say that the sun can't cause these issues like uh, retinal damage, macular degeneration, cataracts. Uh, based on my my most current understanding, the sun can cause these things uh, if we have excess exposure or if we're exposed to the sun a lot with sunglasses on. However, in general, for most people, the issue is that they're exposed to too much artificial light. So if we if, if you know just looking back at the medical history and the records of the incidence of these types of issues over the last couple hundred years, all of these ocular issues have actually increased fairly significantly. I shouldn't say all of them because I haven't studied all of them, but the the major problems that we're seeing today, they're increasing over the last hundred years or so, even over the last 20 or 30 years, which implies that it might it likely has a lot more to do with the transition, how we're living today, much more artificial light, screens, indoor time, fluorescence, LEDs, and a lot less sun. So even though the sun technically has stronger radiation, it's a much stronger light source. It's, let's say, what we evolved to, and therefore our cells adapted to handle that radiation and deal with it. And we have systems where when we get too hot, we go in the shade and we allow ourselves to cool off. But now we just, when we get too hot or the light's too bright, we just put on sunglasses and we go on with our day. Or we put on sunscreen and we go on with our day. And that becomes an issue. And that's where... I believe, and and the research is is very very supportive of this. That that's where we've gone off the rails or wrong, so to speak. Yeah, and I think it's a real problem. A lot of people put on sunglasses and they're actually not protective at all. They might give you shade, but because a lot of people are wearing cheap sunglasses or yeah. expensive glasses that aren't protective, and they they can get damaged from the sun uh, because they're not the right you know protection. Yeah, and even even good quality, let's say good quality, quote unquote, uh, quote unquote sunglasses. Uh, the issue is that most sunglass manufacturers, from what I've tested and studied, they're not aware of what happens when they just cut out the ultraviolet completely, uh, and while leaving in, for example, all the blue. So the ultraviolet actually serves a role to signal for. Well, multiple roles, but um, one is signaling the retina, or I should say the pupil to adjust its size. So if, if we remove the ultraviolet, but we no longer are able to, so, so we're no longer able to adjust the size of our pupil, then a lot more of the visible wavelengths of light, including the high energy blue light will still be coming in, ultimately causing more potential for retinal damage than if that mechanism was still intact. There's also research indicating that ultraviolet B light, which is what may, helps us make vitamin D uh, through the eye, stimulates the production of the hormone responsible for production of melanin in our skin. So the protective chemical in our skin that protects us from this uh, sunlight radiation in the skin. If we wear sunglasses, again, based on some of the research, we're actually blocking that stimulus to protect our skin hormonally and neurochemically into the body and the skin. So it becomes a bit of an issue. What we're looking at doing with my company is developing sunglasses that reduce the spectrum across uh, the whole, so equally. So saying, okay, the light's too intense, let's reduce it, but let's not just chop out all the ultraviolet because that's not what, let's say, nature intended. Now, not that nature has a specific intent, but more what I mean, as I said before, is our biology adapted to a certain spectrum of light throughout the seasons, of course, fluctuating and even throughout the day. But to just chop out some of that light, it has consequences that some of which we know about and some of which we may not even know about yet. I mean, when you're looking at like the polarized lenses, you're like, ooh, that's, that, those are nice glasses. But it's still, it's just chopping out the, the ultraviolet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. We, we need a whole food diet, a whole food light diet, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely, exactly. Yeah, so tell us about your glasses. So your website's raoptics.com. And yeah. so tell us a little bit about uh, about your glasses and how they can protect us from the, like this constant flood of artificial light. 
Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, uh, my company is called Ra after the Egyptian sun god. And we started, I started it uh, on my own now almost six years ago come September. And it was really just because I had started learning about the role that light plays in health. I had started applying a lot of the things I learned and had this sort of full protocol that I now call the light diet. But it was really a collection of different ideas from different researchers, uh, as well as a lot of information from one guy, uh, Dr. Jack Cruz, who I learned a ton from about, and you're probably familiar, uh, he is, in my view, the pioneer in this field. And he put together a lot of principles. And I wanted to be able to take this information and share it with others and explain it in a way that people could understand and relate to, and also to make it practical. Now, nobody at the time was making blue light protection glasses that actually blocked the right wavelengths of light, first and foremost, and also looked really stylish. So there were some companies making glasses that looked stylish, but didn't block the right wavelengths of light. So for example, they would block all of the light up to 420 nanometers in the visible spectrum. It's light is measured in wavelengths called in the number, the unit is nanometers. And so blue light goes from around 400 to 500 nanometers. It's a little bit less, but it's approximately this. And the blue light from the sun covers this whole spectrum, but the blue light from LEDs in our screens really is centered. This emission peak from an LED is centered around 455 nanometers plus or minus about 20. So if you're blocking, so that means it goes down to about 430, 435, more or less. If you're blocking the light below 430, that's relevant if you want to protect from sunlight, which isn't our goal, as I've touched on a little bit earlier. But instead, um, you're not blocking any of the wavelengths that are emitted by LEDs by doing this. So there, so basically the, the reason for this is that, as, as I understand, at least I can't be sure of the motive, uh, whether it's lack of information, ignorance, or, or, you know, just malice. I don't know. I don't think it's malice or intentional. I just don't think they know. But so basically they're selling product that they say is they're screen glasses and they don't block the light that comes off of screens to put it really simply. And that was, but they might look stylish, but they're, so they're clear because people don't want to wear, at least this is their idea, colored lenses. So that's one issue. Then the other issue is that the glasses that block the right wavelengths didn't look stylish. So the opposite issue. So you got the one where they look stylish, but maybe, but they don't block the right wavelengths. And the ones that block the right wavelengths are like safety goggles that existed that you could buy from like Uvex or some company, maybe they're 12 bucks on Amazon, but there's clunky plastic safety goggles. They break after a while. And, you know, there's no like warranty or anything like that. Uh, at least that I was aware of with the ones I was using. So I go through a bunch of pairs and enjoyed them, but I would also be in high school. I was in high school. So I'd be going to parties and I thought this is kind of lame. Like I wanted to do something. There must be a way for this to be cool, you know? And so I had this idea, of course, that, maybe that could be done. And actually a friend of mine who was also doing the same stuff, he figured out how we could actually go and tint the lenses ours, ourself, um, or even before that, how we could get our lenses, lenses tinted and pick a cool stylish frame and then have this company do some tinting with these particular tints. And then I learned, you know what, um, I could do this and for myself if I wanted to. And then one uh, podcaster uh, named Luke Story, he's pretty popular, the Lifestylist podcast, but years ago, maybe a bit less so, but we had connected he and I, and he asked about how we could, he could have these glasses made that my buddy and I had. And I told him, and basically it was difficult to connect him with this company. So I was like, you know, let me do it for you. I know how to do this process. And so that was just sort of proof of concept in the beginning that people wanted the right protection that looked good. So then since then, it's now been quite some time, but we've gone step-by-step-by-step by step by step to improve the quality of our lenses further and further to block more of the light uh, the, the harmful wavelengths to maximize the transmission of the light that's not harmful or that doesn't need to be blocked because you wouldn't want to remove that because it'll make it, it'll, you know, reduce color uh, perception, uh, color rendering if you block light that you shouldn't, that you don't need to block. So, so it's like blocking everything we need to and nothing we don't for the optimal blue light protection as well as color rendering. And then using a high quality frame. So that's what, that's basically why I started the company. We have two lenses daylight lenses for during the day to protect from retinal damage and this issue related to blue light exposure from screens and LEDs and fluorescent lights, primarily again for people working on screen devices, which is most people, but also people, especially in an office or a store, big box store, something like this. 
And then the main effect of the daylight lenses is that when we wear them, like where I'm wearing them now, of course, because it takes off this sort of stimulating energy of the blue light wavelengths, it's natural to feel the mind and the eyes relax a bit. And so then the ener- your energy can balance out. And then what I find and from you know years of using this product and many others, the feedback we've gotten from customers is that people's energy levels naturally start to rise, but in a natural way, because you're balanced and relaxed, whereas they may otherwise be getting eye strain, headaches, and fatigue working on a screen, but they're not anymore. And we get amazing reviews of people saying they've literally had headaches every day for years, and they went away when they started using our glasses when they're working on their screens, for example. So those are the daylight lenses. Now the sunset lenses are more of a reddish color than these, uh, you know, relatively lightish yellow uh, that I currently have on. So the sunset lenses are designed, and that was actually the main product we started with, uh, intended for circadian rhythm and sleep optimization. So they block not only basically 100% of the blue light, 99.9 plus percent of all the blue light, but they also block into the green range because green is also closer to the blue rather than the red and the orange and the yellow, which are more of the colors of fire. They don't wake us up quite as much as the the wavelengths of blue and green and and for example, violet. So anyway, uh, we block the blue and the green and it's darker. So it's, it's actually harder to see through the lens, but that's partially intentional because the dark, you make it a bit darker, you fall asleep faster, right? Your eyes adjust, the pupil gets actually bigger, trying to let that light in, but the body is more and more relaxed and ready to rest and fall asleep. So these would be the sunset lenses. And so what happens is people wear these and they basically start to like relax naturally in the evening when otherwise they'd be overstimulated by all these bright lights. So you relax naturally in the evening, your eyes relax, your mind relax. Then when people finally go to sleep, their brain has already been preparing for night because it was blocking that blue light that says, wake up, wake up, uh, and actually experiencing darkness, even if they had lights around. So people fall asleep more easily when they go to sleep. They sleep more deeply, wake up with more energy, and then obviously have more energy during the day to thrive, succeed, succeed their goals, and so on. And so that's really what we focus on with the sunset lenses. And it's specifically the the pigments in our lenses that we've worked with experts to develop that absorb these wavelengths of light that we test them. We test them under very high-intensity blue light conditions to make sure they're still absorbing even in, in any condition and they'll last for a long, long time. It's those pigments that absorb that light that basically allows our eyes to relax. But it's the work we do in making sure we're blocking the right wavelengths. Anybody can make a lens that blocks some wavelengths, but it's important that we're blocking the right wavelengths. We look at, again, color rendering. We look at the hue of the lens and how the color subjectively, not even, let's say, from a measurement standpoint, but just from a subjective experience, how is this hue versus that hue, if they're going to both offer the same protection, going to affect our users or where psychology and their mental state. And so those are things we're all looking at. Yeah. And I don't think people realize how much of a stressor this is and in the artificial light. And, uh, and some people are particularly sensitive to this, like they're much more sensitive than other people. But I think we, we all could do with, you know, making this kind of lifestyle change because we're, I mean, the majority of people are looking at their screens nonstop. And there's a price to pay. I mean, if you if you think about that over decades of reduced sleep, less quality sleep, the the retinal damage and, and things of that, the reduced melatonin production, these are cumulative things that ha- can have a dramatic negative impact on our health that people need to be thinking about. I think everyone needs to be making this type of change and reducing their their blue light consumption, so to speak. Yeah, I would agree completely. Yeah. And so you mentioned a, a few before, but what are some of the more significant changes that people uh, will start to to feel and the benefits once they start making this change and wearing these blue light blocking glasses? Yeah, there's quite a few, but uh, the one that comes to mind right away, there's a woman who, so we had a partnership with Aura, uh, the sleep tracking ring company last summer. Uh, well, it's kind of ongoing, but this was, um, this is an Aura ring I have on my pinky. And basically it was where if, if a or a member wanted to refer a friend, they could receive to, to purchase an aura ring, they could receive a free pair of optics glasses as sort of thank you from aura. And it was a really great, a successful partnership uh, for, you know, everyone involved, I believe. And, uh, you know, the customers, the members were very happy with this free gift that they received. But the cool thing for us was that many people didn't expect that it would work. They, cause they're in their own world and they don't know maybe about light or blue light. And they thought, Oh, it's just a free gift. I'll take it. 
And then the amazing thing was that when they wore them, there were several customers who actually wrote us these reviews after the fact. They said, I didn't believe that this could actually change my sleep the first night. I read that and I thought, no way. I didn't believe the hype. And then I took you know, the person said, I wore the glasses and I had my best night's sleep in months the first night. And they said, and, and it's persisted. So believe the hype, they live up to it. And that was the, the title of the review as well. So, or basically lives up to the hype was the title. So that's one, for example, just one of many. But then there was a woman who, uh, who had, I guess, low level autism uh, diagnosed like in her, I would assume forties or fifties. And she, she's a doctor as well. And she actually has a company and organization that helps diagnose people with autism as, especially as adults, uh, and to kind of give them the support they need as a community and the information they need. So it's really cool. Uh, it's called embrace autism. And she wrote this all in her review and basically said, like, I had, noticed my sleep getting worse and worse and worse for years. And irrespective of what I tried, it was typically a concern. Uh, and she said, it's a concern for most people with, with autism in some way. And she said, as soon as I wore these glasses, my sleep score started getting significantly better. And I started feeling better sleep, specifically the sunset lenses, because that was what was involved with the partnership, these uh, red, orange sunset lenses. So anyhow, all that's to say that she said, finally, I went and looked back at my life and I had thought that my sleep was getting worse because of aging or menopause. But when I backtracked, I saw that it was actually perfectly aligned with my increased use of screen devices, especially at night. And she said, you know, this is amazing. The difference in my life is phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I just thought, wow, that's really powerful. Like, and we got dozens of reviews like this, people saying my heart rate variability increased 20% immediately. We have people asking me, like even professional soccer players who are like, is it normal that I start seeing my heart rate variability getting better, like immediately? And I'm like, yes, it's normal because you, you sleep better, your melatonin's higher, you rest well, your cells are healthier, heart rate variability is a measure of overall cardiovascular wellness and so on. All these things improve when we have better functioning melatonin levels and mitochondria. Um, so those are some of the biggest, like psychologically, people will feel clearer, um, you know, maybe more positive naturally, having some more energy, sleeping better is obviously a beneficial function. Um, I love, for me, my favorite is the idea of having, let's say, like more hope about just like having a more positive disposition. To me, like that's kind of, I would say, the ace up up my sleeve or up anyone's sleeve if they want to use it, that like no matter what life throws at us, we can always change I can't to I can. And my experience is that, and it could be a placebo, I actually couldn't say, but I believe that when you have a tool that you know it's working and you're seeing the results in your life, uh, it gives a little bit more of the power to that I can, you know? Uh, and and that to me is a really beautiful thing. And also there's there's something to be said for improved brain chemistry, increased dopamine levels that come with not only blue light protection at night and better sleep. But also the other part of what we teach our customers is that, and it's included in the brochure we send out with our products, but basically how important it is to go out and get morning sunlight for 10 to 15 minutes every day in their eyes early as they can in order to set the body's circadian rhythm. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with this. That increases the body's production of dopamine, serotonin, uh, also melatonin, actually, the production of melatonin is not released until night, but it enhances the basically the production of the precursors, uh, serotonin specifically. So getting sunlight definitely enhances our ability to be positive and proactive and motivated and all these things. And that's something that also really fascinates me and I'm super committed to teaching about. That's the main thing I typically focus on when educating, not just blue light protection glasses by this product or something like that, but the importance of sunlight overall for health and why light is relevant. It's a great question. Thank you for asking. Yeah. And then this is one of the easiest things you can do. This is like the lowest hanging fruit in your health, just changing your, your light consumption. I mean, you're talking like 15, 20 minutes in the morning of light exposure, and then the rest of the day wearing a pair of glasses for some of the biggest improvements in your heart rate variability, which is one of the, the leading indicators of all-cause mortality. 
I mean, more than smoking, more than, I mean, anything, diet, lifestyle, et cetera. You know, you want to be doing things that improve your heart rate variability. And this is one of the easiest things to do. It's easier than cutting out sugar or eating a paleo diet, or it's just, you wear a pair of glasses. Um, so, so talk to us about some of the, the other like implications of the research uh, that were ultimately beings of light. I love this question too. This is where what I'm really now uh, personally more passionate about because uh, to give the background, I had been applying this information about light and its relevance for multiple years. And I had felt physically better, uh, physically had gone from being pretty skinny and pale to more tan and just feeling like more alive in many respects. And, you know, this was also in my like ages, uh, let's say from 15, 16, 17, like if I had developed the way I was kind of looking when I was like 13, 14, 15, I probably would have been really pale, pretty skinny, like kind of sickly looking. Um, and then as I went on, like the following years, I got like really much more like tan and healthy and stronger. And like it, and some, you know, it's funny, like some, um, somebody commented i recall at one point like oh couldn't that just be like puberty and i'm like yeah but all the other all of my other peers went through puberty but if they were skinny and pale before they were still skinny and pale after they might have just been a little bit bigger and more muscular and a little taller but like that doesn't change like from puberty that's something with your environment your health your toxin levels and and so what i was doing must have been having an effect i mean i, I genuinely thought about it because i was like maybe i'm just psyching myself up that this whole thing is working when it's really not but maybe I just had to grow out of this or that, but no, um, it was clear looking at my peers that like, that's kind of how it works. You don't, that doesn't change, um, just from, you know, growing up a bit. So necessarily now, uh, all these positive changes had occurred as I applied what I call the light diet now, but there was still a lot of, uh, and I started a business. And so that has its whole own, you know, weight of its own. And I skipped university, didn't go to college in the end because I had this all this information from three, four, five years of personal research, inquiry, reading all these books, right? And something to do with starting a business, not having the certainty of a fixed path to follow, a career, a job, you know, people doing what I'm doing who I can kind of com commune with about what I'm experiencing. Like there was very little of that and, and still is. Um, and so I either had to like, you know, get really upset or learn how to deal with it. And and I've been learning how to deal with that and kind of creating my reality in, in a positive way. For a long time, I just got upset and felt lost and struggled. So anyway, the point is I had a lot of mental challenges, which I think are a normal part of life. I think many people deal with this, like mental challenges, like what am I going to, how am I going to succeed? How am I going to reach my goals? How am I going to be fulfilled? You know, I think these are like the bigger questions that most people are asking at the deepest level. And if they're not actively asking it, it's like their subconscious wants to know. And maybe we'll get, uh, maybe if they feel like it's not being inquired enough, their life will create certain circumstances where they eventually have to look like if they're ignoring it and they might, who knows, get sick or, somebody passes away and they realize, oh my gosh, I've been ignoring this. I have to look, you know what I mean? And so for me, it was just like, I was kind of brushing my uh, emotional challenges, let's say under the rug for a long time. And, and the struggle of like how to face life growing into being an adult. And I think it's a, a normal thing to go through, but anyway, uh, it, it continued to culminate as I got into my 21st year, I would say. So like three years after starting the business when I was 18 and I began to dive into spiritual teachings. Uh, I began to dive into the research of Dr. Joe Dispenza, for example, uh, you know, leading modern meditation teacher and, and, but from a scientific perspective. And the reason I was open to that information was as, as far as I know, looking back on all of this is that I had spent all this time studying bioelectromagnetism and photobiology and biophotonics. And so basically the research from a Western scientific perspective that our bodies are electromagnetic, our cells are electromagnetic. We're effectively electromagnetism is electromagnetic fields are light. So our bodies are electromagnetic. We're electromagnetic beings. In other words, we're beings of light, which sounds like a very spiritual esoteric woo woo concept, right? But if you've read the science and you've read the book, the body electric or light shaping life, 
uh, or you know the influence of ocular light perception on metabolism in man, uh, then all of a sudden you say, wait a minute, like we are beings of light. And so it made sense to me that maybe these spiritual teachers and spiritual practices who have claimed to be able to do supernatural things, like they've mastered this light within us and they claim to be able to, you know, bilocate and be in two places at once or have telepathy and read people's minds or do their. And I read books about this spiritual masters with these powers. And I thought this is either a total lie or my more curious part was like, well, how could this be true? Could it be? And so anyway, uh, I started reading more, learning more, diving in specifically to the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza, because as I said, I think he's done the best job of taking the ancient wisdom of meditation and putting a language, developing a language of, of modern Western science to explain it and how it works. And as far as the implications to your question, I think the implications are massive. In fact, I know the implications are massive because within the community of Dr. Joe Dispenza, and I've, I've become a friend of, of him and his and the team, and they, they basically go around the world and do these week-long events and study the participants now, the blood, stool, all these things. And I've, uh, I've gone to many of these events, and basically people are actually healing from really serious illnesses, doing basically nothing else other than meditating. So changing their own energy field. So basically cultivating their inner light, as I've called it for years now, and they're able to overcome serious illnesses. So it made sense to me that like, even though I had done all these different external focused approaches, uh, external light, changing my circadian rhythm, sunbathing more, eating healthier, and all of these had benefited my physiology, I was still choosing regularly to live in a state of stress, fear, survival, even if it was an unconscious choice, I say I was choosing because I don't want to blame that responsibility or put that responsibility on anyone else. And so I was still choosing to do that. And I still do sometimes, you know, nobody's perfect as far as I know every single day. But when I'm unconscious and I go unconscious and go into that mindset that I want to be the victim, then I could go especially back then, like days and days, weeks, even months, like in a victim and stress mindset. And I started to learn how to become more aware of my mental state, especially using that's the point of meditation. So people will say sometimes like, oh, I can't meditate. But all that they're saying, as far as I've understood, is like, I can't, I can't handle myself. I can't deal with myself. Like I literally cannot stand myself. And and I have times like that too. Like there's, you know, been periods even recently and and sometimes for weeks or months where I don't meditate as much as I do in other periods. And I can see that I'm avoid, usually I'm avoiding something. Usually it's not like I'm stoked, everything's amazing. Like I just don't want to meditate because like everything else is too good. It's more like, oh no, I have to work. Oh, I have to do this. Like it's not avoidance because of like, being super stoked, but it's more like, oh, I kind of, I'm kind of running away from something like that conversation. You don't want to have with somebody, but you know, you need to have it or, you know, I've, I've, I've done all that. And so I would say implications are massive because we can literally heal diseases based on the research just by changing our energy state. Not to say it's the only thing we can do. It's not, that's not the only cure, but a lot of the time I've come to believe many people's primary diseases like so just to wrap this up i looked at my life and thought yeah like so i always when i turned uh you know 13 14 and got into the paleo diet and started thinking about healing my gut and then i got into light and light therapy and all this information about how i could use light to improve my health and i started a company this was all really great and i always would say oh yeah it must have been the food that was the root cause of my health issues the food and the toxins when i was in the world of food and then when i got into the light world i thought oh, it was the light the blue light, all the TV I watched as a kid, all the Bluetooth, the EMF, the Wi-Fi from all the devices I was exposed to, that must have been it. It wasn't just the food. It was also this that made something wrong with me, you know, that made me have these issues. And then once I got to the spiritual, let's say, perspective and the energy centers or, form, you know, also known as chakras and the old system, I thought, wait a minute, all the issues I've had effectively in my health or had as a kid were primarily centered around my gut. So gut issues, uh, indigestion, bloating, gas, constipation, whatever, all this kind of stuff. And then I had allergies, pretty bad, strong seasonal allergies 
which if I'm totally out of balance and dysregulating my biology, I'll, I'll experience them. They'll, they'll, they'll return, right? Like, so it's not like they just disappear necessarily, although they can if you truly overcome the issue. But to get to the point here, um, the allergies and then headaches and migraines, which thank God I almost, I've never experienced at this point in my life. I used to get the worst migraines sitting in class in school. I would even vomit. It was so painful. But anyway, all of these generally are related to the gut at the core, right? So there's a gut-focused issue. Well, I thought about it. According to the ideas of Dr. Joe Dispenza and meditation and spirituality, if there's a lot of stress and fear, that has a super strong impact on the energy centers around our gut. Like if we don't feel stable, if we don't feel safe, if we don't feel secure, whether it's because of our parents or because of finances or, you know, lots of fighting going on, um, you know, especially as a kid when you're less, uh, you know, maybe guarded or you have less uh, ability to handle that stuff, it goes really deep, right? Create this constant state of stress. And that constant, let's call it, imbalance in that energy center, it would make sense, I started to think, that my digestion wouldn't function properly. If that if that energy center that's responsible for safety, security, stability was constantly out of balance, it would make sense that my body wouldn't be able to digest things because I, I was in survival and stress. The body's not, it's, it's not in a state to digest food and, and repair when we're in stress, right? So it made sense to me. So all these other things I thought were the root cause. And who knows, maybe I'll discover another root cause down the road that I just, I'm not aware of, but it seems to be getting pretty foundational as you can imagine. I mean, what could be more foundational in my mind than look within there's, you know, I don't know where, how much further you can get, but anyway, that made sense to me. Maybe it was the fact that I had some you know, personal challenges and family issues that, as a child that made me feel insecure that I was constantly worrying. Now, key thing is to not get into that story of like, oh, I'm a victim. It's just like the past is what it is. We can't change it. Joe Dispenza says, I don't want people to relive the experiences they had. I just want them to learn how to overcome the emotion associated with that experience. Because when you have an experience without the emotional charge, it's called wisdom. So you have the memory without an emotional charge is called wisdom when you no longer have that emotional charge. So it's learning how to overcome the emotional attachment to that experience. So to me, that implication is that we can all be free from our bondage if if we're willing to make the effort to overcome it, which is it is the hard effort, which is why not everyone does it. Just like the reason not everybody works hard and makes a lot of money or starts a successful business because it's hard. So not everybody does it. If it was a friend of mine always says in business, totally separate, but if it was easy to make a million dollars, everybody'd be doing it, but it's not that easy uh, necessarily. Yeah. I was not expecting that answer, but yeah, that's what I, I talk about a lot on the show is that, you know, we are, we are energy beings. We have an energy field and these frequencies of light affect us. The frequencies of our emotional traumas affect us. You know, those uh, emotional traumas have an energy, a frequency that live in our energy field. And we all, most of us were dealing with survival fear and, um, and all these things that dramatically impact our physical health. And, the, and to have awareness around this and you can, you know, release all these negative frequencies to enjoy, you know, higher states of consciousness with that love and gratitude and joy and, and get to those. So we, a uh, lot, a lot wrapped up in the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We um, covered a lot. This is great. This has been really great. Yes. Yeah. So why don't you tell us uh, again, uh, what your website is and and if you have any like special offers for my audience and anything else that you want them to know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, so the website's raw optics. So raoptics.com. So if people want to purchase the glasses, they can go to raoptics.com. Uh, as far as a special offer, I'm not exactly sure, but I believe we may have a unique discount code for you, which would give your audience 10% off. And if we don't, we can easily make one. So we can extend that to your audience and we could make it, you know, we'll put, let's put it in the show notes, but I'm going to guess Myers Detox would probably be the code or whatever you'd prefer it to be. Yeah. Maybe we'll just do like Wendy 10. Yeah. Wendy 10. Exactly. We could do so Wendy 10. Yeah, we can absolutely do that. So I'll follow up with you after, but so this is uh, something people can use. And then as far as finding the company on social media, that's raw underscore optics. So that's R-A, no W, raw underscore optics.com, or pardon, not.com, just raw underscore optics on Instagram. And then on Instagram, if somebody wanted to follow my page directly, sort of my personal page, it's the light diet, 
And that's where I share more about myself and my adventures and things I'm doing. As I mentioned before, I'm sort of on a spiritual pilgrimage at the moment. Uh, also running my business. The challenge was, can I do both? And I know I have you know, 16 to 18 hours of waking consciousness in the day. And that's more than enough time for me to work and what, how much I want to work. I don't, I, I'm not a believer in the overwork and over push yourself. I'm a believer in the 80, 20 and sometimes less is more and smarter, not harder. So I'd rather work four or five hours in a day and be really efficient than eight or 10, which I've done more for a long time and be really inefficient and really not get anything done and only feel more miserable and worse so I'd rather do that. And then I'm like, well, if I'm only, if I'm working four or five hours a day, I realistically, I end up doing more, especially when I'm in one place. But so I thought, well, if I'm walking five or six hours a day, that's not only really healthy, but it's also uh, kind of giving me something else to focus on another goal. That's, that's good for me uh, in addition to my work. So that's something that I've been kind of experimenting with going on a, on a pilgrimage it's in Spain, uh, as I mentioned to you. So really cool. I share a lot of those adventures and uh, I'm working on a vlog, the light diet vlog. I don't know what, what I'll call it in the end, but probably something like the light diet vlog. So people can follow the different things and certain science stuff and certain just cool information about history and, and life and light and so on. So anyway, it's where people can find it is on the light diet on Instagram. And I'll share all of that there. I love that. I love it. The light diet. That's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm cool. going to follow you as soon as we're done the show. Oh, awesome. Um, but yeah, so thanks so much for coming on the show and imparting your knowledge about light and how it affects our health. That this is a topic I love discussing because it's so important and it's so easy to implicate. It's like one of the easiest yeah. things that you can do. Uh, so thanks for coming on the show and everyone. I'm Dr. Wendy Myers. Uh, thanks so much, you know, again for taking the time and and listening to my show every week. We're nearing the 500th episode. Uh, which is just thrilling. I've been doing this for for so long, and I just uh, love all you guys for for staying with me for, for so long. And I love what I'm doing. I love you know bringing experts from around the world to help you give you all those tools that you need to upgrade your health because you deserve to feel good. The Myers Detox Podcast is created and hosted by Wendy Myers. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Wendy Myers and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.